0: Welcome to The Score Podcast. Welcome again to The Score Podcast, where we always speak to the most innovative groundbreakers in the financial services industry. First things first, happy new year to all the listeners out there. We had a fantastic year last year and spoke to some awesome guests who had some terrific insights. And we're kicking off our 2023 year with a really interesting topic and guest. We're speaking to a representative from one of the pioneering banks pushing for inclusion and ditching all those maintenance fees. Wait a second, aren't banks supposed to make money? I'm Jeff Richardson, host of The Score podcast. We're continuing our focus on inclusion during today's podcast, and I'm struck by this bank's focus on the consumer. Sure, all banks have to do this to some extent, but peel back the onion, and the main focus is on quarter-to-quarter growth and returning value to shareholders. Not so much with ViroBank. Today, I'm joined by Corey Carlisle, head of public policy and social impact at Varo Bank. In this role, he focuses on developing and implementing VARO's global public policy positions and priorities to ensure VARO's vision of economic empowerment and access to financial systems is well represented at all levels of government and across various stakeholders. But before working at VARO, I knew Corey and worked closely with him when he led the American Bankers Association Foundation, where he focused on financial inclusion and community revitalization. We actually worked together on a program that awarded high school students for their creative videos on how to manage their credit better. Corey's a member of the Milken Institute's FinTech Advisory Council, a slew of other boards in community, and generally he's just a great guy. Corey, thank you
1: for being with us today and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me on today's podcast. Coincidentally, today is actually my one-year anniversary at Varro. so... A great time to think about reflection on where I've been in the last year and where I'm going. So thank you for the the warm introduction.
0: Timing is everything. So let's let's kick it off with just a little bit of background on, on VARO. So what is VARO Bank and how is it different?
1: VARO Bank is really in a category on its own. VARO Bank was the first financial technology company to receive a national bank charter from the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency. We applied for that several years ago, and we granted that charter in 2020. So a newly created bank from scratch. So I like to tell people we were an app that became a bank. <laughs> and that really sets us apart from much of the fintech or different types of banks in the financial services ecosystem that are out there that might partner with a the bank. There are other obviously non-bank financial services providers that are out there, but again... VARO is really unique in that we are a nationally chartered bank. That is a de novo and a first of its kind.
0: That's amazing. And it's incredible that you're still kind of in in that island by yourself to some extent. But there's a lot of competitive pressure on the banking industry from fintechs. And, you know, some big lending institutions have partnered with fintechs. But how does VARO lean into digital banking in a way that's helpful for its customers
1: and consumers? As you mentioned, Varro is really unique in that we can take advantage of the best of technology as we're creating a really a bank for the next generation of bank consumers and really trying to strive to follow our mission to create a bank that works for everyone. But at the same time, we are also that a bank. So our consumers and customers know that they can enjoy the protections that a bank affords them in terms of having a charter, reliable protections around their deposits with us, but also protections that come with being a bank and a highly regulated entity where we are careful with, Privacy. We have strict rules around how we structure our, our products and how we provide and serve our customers at the highest level that a bank would entail, which really sets us apart from other types of competitors, as you mentioned.
0: So, you seem like the perfect person for this role. And of course, I mentioned in the intro that we worked together while you were head of the American Bankers Association Foundation. So I know how important having a positive impact on communities and community development is for you. So what gravitated you to the role that you have now at Vara?
1: Yeah, this is now the third bank I've worked for in my long career. I don't want to admit how many years I've been in the industry, but I've been on all sides of this from policy and I've been at other banks where I've had a chance to be really involved in product development. And I've also come out of the community development financial institution field or CDFI world And so really all of that practical experience coming from both working at those different organizations, but also seeing how policy is so important to drive the practice made this role when VARO was chartered and as a tech first bank that is looking to make a national splash, you know, they realized that they needed to have a more structured policy presence. And they really thought, you know, we can tell the VARO story with policymakers and get out there and think about how a lot of our rules and regulations were meant to serve an industry that was largely branch-based. And so the opportunity to sort of be at a bank that's really trailblazing, as you said, in the industry and the ability to stand up and work on policy, I said, you know what? I can do that. I would love to be a part of this experience at Varro. I'm just so grateful to be here working with this amazing team at Varro Bank. So let's just double down
0: on the conversation about rules and regulations. Faro recently joined the call for modernizing the Community Reinvestment Act. So can you expand on the importance of expanding legislation like this to non-bank entities?
1: For the folks that may not have a basic understanding of CRA or the Community Reinvestment Act, it was a law that was passed in the late 70s that was constructed to really address a problem that was going on in the banking industry where there was what's known as redlining going on in our communities. And so as you'd imagine though, CRA was drafted in 1977, as I mentioned, And it has been updated a couple of times, most notably back in 1995 was the last time that all of our bank regulators came up to kind of update the rules with CRA. And the world of banking has changed significantly since 1995. And those regulations on how to treat CRA and adequately assess how a bank is doing on its commitment to community reinvestment needs to be updated. And so, as you mentioned, we supplanted what we thought was some ideas for how the rules can be updated, including how we can think about how a bank like VARO, which doesn't have any physical presence like a branch, but it has a significant digital presence, how regulators can properly assess our commitment to CRA, which we feel very strongly about CRA. We think it's still something very much needed, but again, it needs to be updated to really be reflect a, a now a 2023 type of environment. And we're very much hopeful that the regulatory agencies will implement those rules in the year ahead.
0: It is really important to make sure that that law in particular maintains the lightning pace of the fintech industry, which generally speaking is focused on financial inclusion and doing it in a a safe and sound and, and altruistic manner. But how does Varo's vision of financial inclusion differ from other fintechs in the market who may be also trying to serve the underbanked? And how does this apply when consumers are, like you say, banking from inside their phones?
1: I think often there's different viewpoints on what financial inclusion actually means. For us, financial inclusion goes beyond just merely creating access and allowing you to have an account. We feel very strongly at VARO that financial inclusion needs to be defined on how we are delivering on helping folks with their financial health and contributing towards wealth building. So for us, we've made access very easy and simple, but we want to make sure that the incentives we are creating within VARO help you grow your wealth and also give you information to make wise financial decisions. And more broadly, as we think about financial inclusion as a topic, we would like to also try to create a national strategy. And we've partnered with a couple of different efforts, but one in particular, we've worked with the Aspen Institute, and they came together last spring with about 38 public and private organizations really across the financial, tech, and nonprofit sectors, calling on Congress and our executive agencies to come together to focus on a financial inclusion strategy, much a into what we did over 20 years ago, where we worked to try to promote financial literacy and improve those standards across the country. So I think actually both of those initiatives really serve the same purpose. And that is, of course, to create a financially healthy future for consumers across the country.
0: That's really interesting, Corey, and thank you for mentioning the Aspen Institute's initiative because it's a twofer for the SCORE podcast. I get to promote the fact that we interviewed them two episodes ago. So if you're listening and want to learn more about their vision for a national financial inclusion strategy, listen in on that. And would also be remiss if I didn't mention that Vantage SCORE also signed that letter. So we're firmly in alignment with VARO in that regard. Corey, let's end it there. Thank you so much for being our first guest of 2023 and congratulations on your now not so new role and all your success. Can't wait to have you back in a couple of months to hear how things are going.
1: Thank you so much, Jeff. It's been a pleasure talking with you today and look forward to working with you on the financial inclusion and any other topic you want to chat about.
0: VARO is part of a growing list of companies, VantageCore included, that are mission-driven, And we're actually starting to see the fruits of our labor in the data. According to a recent Wall Street Journal article, and I'm quoting here, in the decades before the pandemic, the wages of lower-paid, less-skilled hourly employees steadily lost ground to those of skilled workers, such as college graduates, managers, and professionals. In the two years since, those trends have sharply reversed. Now, there are many factors and layers of the onion to peel back here, but according to reports since February 2020, Average hourly earnings are up 15%. But for production and non-supervisory employees only, they are up 17%, meaning managers have lost ground to the managed. So what that's saying is that on some level, income inequality may be starting to reverse. This means there's an even more urgent need to support and create systems that provide greater access to banking products and credit for these consumers. I'm Jeff Richardson, and I look forward to our next conversation.
1: The views and opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of VantageScore solutions. Visit VantageScore.com to learn more.